This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast coming to Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, however it applies. Y'all know the drill. Uh, your host, Jeff Lloyd uh, from SI.com, Browns Maven, Pete Smith. Your local experts on the biggest stories, all things Cleveland Browns wise, for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Uh, first things, Frag, we'll start off here. Um, congratulations, Joe Batonio, second straight year, second team all pro. Um, you know, since Joe Thomas has retired, you know, the torch has been passed to Joe Batonio. He's done nothing to <clears throat> disgrace the legacy that was left before him. Fantastic job by Joel. This before, um, you know, Pete will maybe still talk about the possibility of kicking him out, out left. Um, you know, Pete, it, the Nick Chubb thing just doesn't make any sense. The voting itself, how the hell can a guy be on the first and second team? So a lot of this is just weird. I mean, yeah, it, it makes no sense the way they did it. And, you know, Mark, you know Marcus Peters, prime example, on first and second team, a lot of that is just freaking weird. The thing with me is, look – if you want to say McCaffrey's a better all-around back, Henry won the, the rushing title. Two votes for Nick Chubb? Two? I mean, I know the Browns were bad, but two? Two? The uh, AP voting process is a mess. Um, you, you, have, you, you have uh, the running back, you have the flex position, you have corner versus DB, you have, you know, the concept of the whole uh, – of, uh, you know, the outside linebacker fiasco where, you know, T.J. Watt is making it over, you know, actual linebackers and, you know, not as good as the actual, you know, the edge rushers he's beating out. So there's just a lot of parts of that that, that are just need to be cleaned up. And then you have, like, Pete Prisco complaining that um, voters were being outed uh, for their votes. and I have no sympathy for him at all. I, I, I think uh, that should be public. I, I don't understand what, what would need to be private about that type of thing, but um, it's a mess. Uh, as far as Joel Batonio is concerned, he was the only player on the Browns who got anything this year. Um, the uh, he, he has gotten an all pro award, whether the whether it was the he's gotten the AP second team the last two years, but every year he's played 16 games, he's gotten some sort of All Pro award. He got uh, got it from Pro Football Focus for 2014 and 2017 first team, and then 2018 I think it was or second team or some some combination thereof. So any any year he's played 16 games, he's gotten some recognition of All Pro. Um, yeah, certainly uh, with the way that McCaffrey was sort of put on there twice uh most people thought it was going to end up being something along the lines of Derrick Henry one and then and then Nick Chubb two or something like that but I don't know how much that matters um it's irritating that it's just sort of a discombobulated mess um but uh you know it's it's not bad to see Batonio get some some due uh he's been a great player uh, you know pretty much since he got here uh, and that's going to be, you know, should be a big factor in 
you know, the direction they go with the head coach, because uh, I think he and Treader are built to do certain things really, really well. And I'm hoping that they hire a coach who's more than happy to adapt to that. Yeah, look, I mean, look, it's still a possibility. And, you know, this, it's some of these tackles, you know, Leatherwood went back to school. You know, there's some other names here and how it's going to work out. Uh, you know, and look, maybe being at 10, I mean, if, you know, worse doesn't come out. I mean, it, it it's going to be – could be an interesting scenario that plays out at 10, and you may have a better shot at, you know, getting a right tackle round two, round three. And, look, it's still – that option, it's still out there. You know, I I just think at this point, why bother, um, you know, Pete and knowing Joel and, you know, knowing that he's capable of it, you know, if it's something maybe you got to do to steal a season, uh, you certainly could have done it in 18. Certainly probably could have considered to do it last year. Um, but, you know, to Nick Chubb and, you know, and, and the worst part is, is, you know, Nick Chubb's the type of player that will probably reach out to Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, and congratulate him. Um, you know, Nick Chubb truly isn't in it for these type of things, you know, or at least if he is, he does a great job of keeping a poker face about it. That's where guys like I, like Pete and the fans get to bitch about it. But two votes, you know, and, you know, I don't know when these votes were in. And look, you know, obviously Nick didn't close strong over the last two games. Much of that wasn't his doing, obviously. But, uh, you know, felt he was a little bit better than maybe two votes if Dalvin Cook got one and Dalvin Cook missed at least the last three, four weeks. You know, that stuff aggravates me, pisses me off. Uh, Pete, third interview took place today. Eric Bieniemy, current offense coordinator, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, nine-year vet, former All-American in Colorado. Eric Bieniemy, I mean, look, guys, I know I'm older than you. Eric Bieniemy was the bomb back in the day at Colorado. He was one of those guys that took that program that was absolutely nothing and made it something. And you want to go, you ever, you like the 30 for 30s, check out the one in Colorado and Colorado football ridiculously good uh as pete knows as anybody who listens to the show and has been here for a while eric was a guy i loved for the possibility of being the head coach last year um but the thing with eric and his work at the combine and you know he, he's done for years he's done a lot of the running back drills is i think eric's kind of gotten reputation as a player's coach which is great and there's nothing wrong with it it's certainly not needed now. I'm not saying you need Bobby freaking Knight up in here, that type of personality. But, you know, Eric Vietnamy in what would be his first head coaching shot and where a lot of guys around him always say, oh, we love him. We love Coach B. Da, 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 da. Just probably wouldn't be the right fit. I'm not saying Eric Vietnamy might not be a head coach soon. He may not get one of these jobs this year. Certainly could happen. But the way this season ended, the way this roster is currently constructed personality wise, and the fact that you got some upper echelon, upper echelon talent here that didn't necessarily succeed last year. I, I don't see how Eric Bianami, and especially with the crop of head coaches this cycle that are available to hire, I just don't see a way this one works out, Pete. I don't either. Um I, I, I think he had a better chance if Dorsey was still um in the building. I, I'd be curious to know if Eric Bieniemy's past comes up in the interview process. Um, he's had some issues uh, date back about fifteen to twenty years ago. Um, well, there's some issues when he was offense coordinator at Colorado before he got to Kansas City too. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's some there's some questions there um, that that have to be answered. Um, on that front, 
I, I, I he doesn't call plays for the Chiefs, but he's you know allegedly like has a lot of responsibility in practice. Yeah, that's what B.J. Kissel said last year when he was on the show. And if you guys don't know, B.J. Kissel is basically the Chiefs version of Nathan Segarra. But go ahead, Pete. Uh, so there's that element to it. Um, I, I I don't know what the enemy would sort of be proposing to do here. If he's essentially trying to do, you know, Chiefs East, I don't think that's a great fit um, for any number of reasons. Uh, but no. uh you know, I think Kareem Hunt would probably be happy about that, but I, 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 I'm, I'm sort of dubious of his fit. Um, obviously, Andy Reid is a massive proponent of uh, the enemy getting a head coaching job. He's been uh, very uh, supportive and loud about it. He's been very, uh, he's been basically lobbying for somebody to come give him an NFL head coaching job at this point. Um, I and and. There are concerns about his ability to interview well. Um, I've heard that's hurt him in the past. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there are some I, – I, 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 don't, I don't see it happening in Cleveland. I don't know if they'll ever get a head coaching job, I, but I, I cannot imagine they will hire him in Cleveland. And, and, it, and it's, it, it has everything to do with what happened in Colorado and, and some of those other places. I, I, I can't see it. A couple of people I reached out to today said it would take Eric Bieniemy to end up being the offensive coordinator somewhere else where, you know, some of it could be more accredited to him. And look, you know, yes, he's doing a fantastic job in practice. You want to talk to Adrian Peterson. You want to talk about a guy, you know, give somebody a lot of credit to Eric Bieniemy. Adrian Peterson was an all-world talent. Kareem Hunt was another guy. Give Eric Bieniemy, you know, a ton of credit. But, you know, Kareem had a bunch of talent in that Kansas City office. Offense just kind of hummed so to speak, you know, we'll see. It's, you know, and the thing with the enemy is, you know, for every year you don't get it, here come two, three other guys rising up the ranks and the, you know, the enemy could be, you know, in one of those tough spots where it's now or never. And then the next thing you know, it's never because the right spot never came along or just not the right opportunity. And even still though, I mean, even say he gets a job like Carolina right now, they have no quarterback whatsoever. By the time they get a quarterback, what did the enemy you know, was he able to tread water or, you know, do they just move on to find a guy who fits the quarterback that they're going to bring in? Um, you guys love when Pete and I covered playoffs last year. We'd rather be covering the playoffs for the Browns ourselves. We certainly would. But we're going to get to that in here and more with, uh, you know, obviously some more coming here on Locked On Browns. You guys got to buy apparel. You guys love your apparel. You wear it loud and proud. Zabo. Zabo Apparel. I will never not say enough good things about this family, about this company, about this merchandise. Obviously, the uh, gentleman around the company, uh, a former veteran, two kids serving the armed forces. I love the idea behind the products. Uh, we have a great relationship together. They are just generally nice folks. Uh, I love the design of everything they make. Uh, you know, they put their thought, good thought process behind it. It's not just chasing down the the, the latest cliche or whatever the latest hashtag is that type of crap they dig deep they find something they like they test it they run it people like it they buy it they print more uh make sure you looking for purchase uh looking for apparel zableapparel.com at zableapparel on twitter go ahead you need to check about the folks over at zabo pete i guess we'll just take it right down the docket 
Uh, Buffalo headed to Houston tomorrow. I, I've already mentioned this, guys, and anybody who follows me, and I've already said it on the show. I think what Buffalo does travels. Obviously, you're going to Houston where you're not going to deal with anything weather-wise. But good defense, being able to run the ball, what is the best thing Houston's got going for him? It's Deshaun Watson. It's New Hopkins. Trey White was just named first-team All-Pro, cornerback for the Buffalo Bills. I think Buffalo can pull this off, Pete. There is the caveat and the key to this. You know, we just saw the, you know, Buffalo play at New England a couple of weeks ago in primetime. Josh Allen's got to make, look, it, it's okay that he makes a big throw here and there. He's got to make a couple of money throws. And we're talking, you know, third and nine or, you know, it's, you know, or it's third and six at the 16. No, a field goal isn't good enough. Get that next first down where you're actually getting the touchdown. Josh Allen can hit one of these, one or two of those big money throws. I think Houston can go in there and win this game. I'm not saying blow them out, but I think they can win this game and maybe win it by a touchdown. Um, I think uh, Buffalo can keep it close. I think uh, the what they can do to the opposing quarterback in terms of pressure, uh, the, the way Deshaun Watson tends to hold on to the ball longer than he should, uh, could create some opportunities for the Buffalo Bills to maybe create a turnover or a defensive touchdown. Um, but, the, you know, the one thing Houston's at least saying they're going to have back is J.J. Watt. That would be, obviously, if he's, you know, a good – you know, JJ Watt, that's that's gonna be a even massive if he can field. only play third down, even if he can only play third down, his legs should be fresh enough to go out there and, and create a little havoc. Right. So I mean uh, I, if if he can do anything, I think that's a big deal for them. I think uh I I think Buffalo is going to try to play keep away and try to hold on to the ball as long as possible and try to ground it out. Um, my issue is, is if it's close, um, I don't see Josh Allen, uh, basically able to make more plays or as many plays as Deshaun Watson. And that's ultimately why I think Buffalo may put up a really good fight, but ultimately it's going to fall short and it's going to come down to, down to the quarterback. So we're official here, Pete, Pete is taking Houston. I, I, I will take you. Our first difference so far, I'm coming back for vengeance, people. Last year, this didn't go so well, and I had to pull some picks out of my ass towards the end of the playoff run. I'll give Pete credit. He did take it last year. Um, I don't know. I just – I think with you know, with your keep-away theory, I think they can do just enough, and maybe you hit a deep one to John Brown. Um, if if Trey White can lock down – that's sorry, lock down, keep quiet. New Hopkins puts up a, a six for 70. And Browns fans, um, I'd still rather have Nick Chubb. But, yeah, we're going to see Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson tomorrow playing in the playoffs for the Houston Texans. Pete, that's going to be a little bit weird. Carlos Hyde, to his credit, had a really good year. He uh, he completely changed his approach um, into this last year. Um, so it's not as if, you know, this is something that was here and – the Browns just couldn't use it. It wasn't here or in Jacksonville. And Carlos, I got to a point where he wow. you know, was worried he was going to be basically out of the league and changed his diet, changed the way he was training, did all kinds of stuff. 
to basically make himself better, and it's paid off handsomely for them. Um, I, I, I think uh, the combination of him and Duke Johnson actually could present some problems for the uh, for the uh, the Bills. Um, you know, I, I've seen a bunch of interviews Duke Johnson's been doing lately. Uh, I'm happy for him. Seems happy. Um, he seems I, very happy. I, I, I'm still, you know, I still maintain. I think the Browns locker room lost more than 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 this team's willing to admit when they when they traded him. But uh, you know, I I I agree. I mean, Tre'Davious White uh, is a big time player and could have a massive impact on this game. Um, it's it's going to be, you know, the question is can uh, you know, the other weapons step up. And, and thankfully they have, you know, the playmaker, Darren Fells, who's probably going to catch like three oh touchdowns and, and carry this thing to victory. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that would be the ultimate though. Uh, for A, for me to lose the game, uh, for Houston to win and Houston to get three touchdowns out of Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde and Darren Fells and wherever John Dorsey's watching that game with a, probably a white Russian or whatever the hell Somebody like John Dorsey drinks. Maybe wonder why you're unemployed, sir. Uh, in the nightcap, um, weather could be a factor. Look, this time of year, it's weather can be a factor anywhere. Um, but you know, in the northeastern, there is the possibility of snow. I think the key here, Pete, is whether or not New England can handle Derrick Henry, and if they handle him, you know, I I don't have enough faith in the Tennessee passing game. The key to this, and, and everybody who's been talking about, you know, Ryan Tannehill, and look, yes, he's obviously played light years better. He is probably the Tennessee Titans quarterback for at least 2020 and beyond, perhaps. Um, but a lot of it is is because of the threat of Derrick Henry. Look, you know, um, uh, Brown, uh, rookie out of Ole Miss, has had a fantastic year. Corey Davis playing more of a second fiddle. They got some tight ends who know what they're doing. Uh, you got the little jitterbug in Deion Lewis, whatever that is. Oh, the key to it's going to be Henry. And look, you know, we know Bill Belichick. We know what they do. It's going to be everything to take Derrick Henry away. If they can't, then you got some issues. And then you're, you know, you're putting New England in a point where they've got to go straight passing game. And that really hasn't been the calling card for New England this year. Uh, This is going to be tougher uh, than, than, uh, I think New England wants it to be, but I still think they're going to win. Um, they have uh, Stephon Gilmore and they have Devin McCourty, and those are arguably the two best players at their respective positions in the entire league. Um, so they have the ability to use a lot of resources to take away Derrick Henry while not being totally you know, boned uh, trying to cover their receivers. Uh, they have some good weapons. They have some nice options. But I think New England's going to be able to do enough to take away Derrick Henry and then ultimately frustrate uh, Ryan Tannehill, who, who they have, you know, obviously he's on a different team, but they have extensive oh, experience course. against him um, from his time in Miami where they're playing him twice, twice a year, more likely once because he was always hurt. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I think Tennessee's defense has a better shot to really frustrate the Patriots than, than, than maybe – um, some people will give them credit for it. They do have some obviously very talented pass rushers. They have guys like Kevin Bayard. Um, they have some yeah, really Justin nice Simmons, players. You know, Justin Simmons, obviously they got back late in the year, and he's done a great job helping to control the run. So I think ultimately this game will probably come down to special teams. 
and neither team is really great at kicker right now. And I think they're both on like the third or fourth kicker. So I think this will come down to like a punt, punt block <laughs> or something, something of that nature. It's all ultimately going to determine it. And based on that, I will give the edge to uh, the, the Patriots. And I think, you know, this may be, uh, you know, this may be the last run for their special teams coach. I think his name is Joe Judge, who may end up getting a job. Uh, you know, he, he's been linked to Mississippi State quite a bit. Uh, so if he has a good run here, uh, that's only going to help his case. I'm going to go again. I'm going to go the underdog route here. Um, and, you know, maybe it's, you know, it has nothing to do with the fact that Josh McDaniels might be available more earlier uh, than possible for the Browns here. And guys, you know, however that works out, you know, for, I guess it's slated for next Friday, which seems weird. Just that would be slated for then because, you know, most likely there would be the off day and maybe there would be the availability. That's a little strange in that, how that app's going to work out. I don't know. I just, and I, I do this every year. I do it every year. I would lose on anything I put up against New England in the playoffs. But I, I don't know. And, you know, maybe Harold Landry and two, three sacks. And maybe that's just for me to swing around and Pete and I can, you know, plant the flag, so to speak. I'll take Tennessee here. I, I just, you know, the way they're playing right now, it's, it, it's again, it's, it's stuff that translates. I just, I, nothing thrills me, wows me about New England. And even, you know, last week and just laying an egg at home against, you know, a Miami team, you know, and this is actually one here. I'm just going to throw this in, Pete. When coach of the year comes out, Pete, would it be that insane if Brian Flores at least got a vote or maybe two? Because, I mean, you want to talk about anybody who did more with freaking less than Brian Flores. Um, he may get a vote from some writer trying to make a name for themselves or, or be able to make, you know, write a particular article or whatever, um, which is fine. Uh, you know, whatever. I don't think he's the coach of the year, but uh, there's I, I've seen a lot of um, support and sympathy for that notion. Um, you know, it's I, I think personally his, his conduct this year was fireable. Um, your goal was to bottom out and you won five games. That's not what you're trying to do. But um, yeah, I'm he, firing he, you for screwing up the tank. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you you have all these draft picks and all this stuff, and you basically announce before the year, you're like, we are trying to lose, and you go out and win five games, which, you know, uh, is going to be frustrating for, for the, the, you know, a team that needs a quarterback uh, and has to go out and pick one, um, and they have to do it from whatever pick they ended up with, which is nowhere near one. Five. Um, yeah. They may so, be in the best advantage of Tua being injured. Because it seems like they want him, and you know, if he does declare, which we'll find out on Monday. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, I, I still think it's uh, John Harbaugh. I, I'm I'm sympathetic to the idea that it's Kyle Shanahan. I, I don't buy the notion that it's Mike Tomlin. I think that's a crap argument. Um, but uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, but even still, then I mean, you know, well, then Flores won five with the team that was supposed to go zero and sixteen. So, you know, I, I don't know how you give it to Tomlin. In that stance, uh, we'll flip it up here. Just obviously gave you to the AFC. Uh, Jeff's taking the underdogs. Pete's taking the home favorites to this point. Uh, we'll get over to the a uh, NFC here in a second on Locked On Browns. Uh, anyone near the Vermilion area? Uh, 
John Vaughn, a good friend that I know through social media. He is one of the owner and proprietors of Your Pit Barbecue. You're looking for a good meal, themed sandwiches based on Browns players. Uh, you know, John's, John and I talk a lot of barbecue. As you guys know, I have a passion for cooking. I have a passion for bar, uh, barbecue. John Vaughn, Your Pit Barbecue in Vermilion. Go ahead, check it out. Go get yourself a meal. Let John know that I sent you, Locked on Brown sent you. Go ahead, check out Your Pit in Vermilion. Take it over to the other side now here. And look, Pete, we'll start with the early game again on Sunday. Um, I think we're going to pick the same one in this one. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Stavansky involved here. And this is the one that worries you because, you know, now you have the – and it did seem weird, and I, I'm mad at myself for falling for it, is when, you know, a front office, no, whatever happens, win, lose, we're totally happy with Mike Zimmer. It's like crap. if they, I fell for it, and then you think about it later, and shit, if you got to say that. Maybe that does mean something. Um, Minnesota's going in a little light-handed. Um, don't really know where Dalvin Cook's at, and I'll be honest, I don't know if Dalvin Cook, even if he had the game of his life, could do enough to keep the ball out of the Saints' offense enough. Pete, this looks like this is going to be the ugliest game of these four. And this, if the Saints won by 17 it almost feels like it wouldn't be enough. I, I don't see any way that this one isn't a, all right, it's 2.30. Um, yeah, honey, if you need me to do something, I'll help you out so you're ready to go at 4.30, 4.45 for Seattle, Philly. Um, It's definitely going to be an uphill battle. Uh, the Saints have the advantage uh, at quarterback, and they have the advantage at head coach, and they have the advantage at home. Um on the, defense? Vikings have we- <laughs> the Vikings have weapons. The Vikings have talented players. I, I just don't know if it's enough um, to be able to deal with what is uh, what uh, the Saints offer on both sides of the ball. And ultimately, I think that's the reason I think they will win. Um, I think the Saints are just better. Uh, they have one of the better home field advantages in, in, in the NFL. Um and I, I just, you know, you're asking me to bet on Kirk Cousins, and I'm, I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not going that route. And even still, even if Kirk Cousins is hot and has the game of his life, this Drew freaking Breeze at home with all his weapons. I mean, this, you know, look, Minnesota. Yes, you made the playoffs as a wild card. This is probably the worst possible scenario. Uh, you know, so both Jeff, Pete, we're both going to take New Orleans. This is, I mean, this is one of those, you know, slap me in the face if this is even close. This has all the makings of a 30 to 10 at halftime. This is all the makings of a 40 to 13 final, if that. I, it just, Minnesota's, Minnesota's, you know, showing up with a couple of knives to a gunfight. I, I just don't see how it's going to work out for them. Um. Same one here. I mean, look, Seattle's coming in the much better team, but obviously the running game is going to be an issue. Philly is wounded, missing a lot of people. Nelson Aguilar's up. (laughs) That may be a blessing in disguise, actually, to be honest with you. Philly's going to have the home field advantage, a raucous crowd. Uh, But it's Russell Wilson. The passing game is clicking. You know, whatever they can get out of the run game is enough. And look, for years, the run game did just enough. And it was always, you know, five minutes left in the game. And Russ, all right, what the hell's the scenario? 
How many timeouts we got? All right, just get the hell out of my way. Let's go get this done, boys. Um, I think Philly could probably keep it close for a half, but I, I just don't see how Russell, who's going to be, you know, probably the second, you know, second in overall MVP voting this year. This, you know, Seattle, it, 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 you hate getting a wild card. You hate having to go on the road, but uh, you ain't going to New Orleans. You're going to Philly, and I mean, you could maybe make an all-star team of the NFC East, and you still think Seattle would go in there and pull this one out by 10, if not two touchdowns. Uh, I, I, I'm going to take the, the Seahawks uh, by virtue of the fact that the Eagles, if, if they were healthy, they could probably make this a really good game, but they aren't, and, and they're getting, you know, their, their situation is getting even worse. Um, I, you know, the Seahawks <coughs> have, their own, have their own problems, particularly running back, but I don't think the Eagles have enough left to be able to defend Russell Wilson and everything he's able to do. And I think he's simply going to be too much for what they're, what they offer. And, and, and as well as Carson Wentz has played, uh, especially in the last few weeks, basically willing this team. Um, I, I think they're going to find out the hard way. They just don't have enough guys. No. Oh uh, yeah. No, I mean, you know, granted they're showing up with 53, just like Seattle is, but uh, no, um, and if you would like a Cleveland Browns fans FU moment, Gerard Avery finds his way to get a sack here somewhat in that way. So here, if you're keeping it home, AFC games, Jeff's taking the away. Buffalo, Tennessee. Pete's got Houston, New England. Uh, we're checker on checker here. He's got New Orleans. I got New Orleans. Seattle, Seattle. Um, Saturday definitely looks to be your better appealing slate of games. So there's that, guys, as we roll on through here. Pete. One of the Oakland Raiders used his helmet as a weapon on Sunday, apparently. I'm digging. I can't find much video of it. But said Oakland Raider has been suspended for, trying to count here, one. One game, Pete. Roger Goodell. Can I, you got a minute? Because I'd love a freaking word. What the hell is this about? Well, it's just the whole thing when it when it came to Miles Garrett, it was less about the the offense and more about national TV and and it being such a headline. Um, NFL justice is is uh, blind, deaf, and dumb. Term. Um, it doesn't ever really make any sense. It's entirely arbitrary. They'll tell you it's based on this is what happened, but that's it's never the case. Um, and, and you know, and and they they claim they don't judge intent and all these other things, but yeah, it's entirely a, a matter of what was caught on camera and what wasn't, and when when was it, and how many people saw it, and you know, Nevin Lawson isn't a topic uh, all week, um, and as a result, they can just say one 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 game suspension because uh, it was entirely. Uh, PR stunt with Miles Garrett, and th- that that's just how it is. And it's the same deal with that Joe Mixon thing uh, the same week where, you know, the game's over or whatever, and he takes off his helmet, and he's not aware of what's going on around him, and he throws his helmet at the sideline and ends up hitting an official basically in the hamstring and knocking him on his tuchus. Um And I don't think anything has been made of that, but it, there's video of that out there as well. Um, so it's just – typical uh with 
with Goodell and and their uh, dealing of penalties and everything else. Well, the part that aggravates me is, you know, none of this was ever measured by, you know, Miles the man. And that's the part that's frustrating. That's the part that's aggravating. And here was this guy, and yes, he was a mega superstar, but, you know, Miles Garrett, quality guy, quality man. Pete, it's been a while. Anything on or getting under Pete Smith's skin that he needs to get off? I don't think so. Uh, nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm like everybody else. I'm just sort of waiting to see uh, what's going on with the head coaching stuff and everything with that. Um, I, I mean, I'm sort of just sitting here waiting to see if anything gets developed. Everybody is talking about reports and all this other crap, trying to uh, to uh, handicap this race, and I don't know how uh, realistic that is or if it's just entirely trying to hedge bets or whatever but uh nothing has happened to this point it seems to matter all that much so i'm just sort of in a holding pattern uh yeah that's kind of where we're at with everything um you know obviously tomorrow is the robert soleil interview um then uh uh deball uh brian deball on uh sunday from the Bills, we'll see how that one plays out. Again, another one where I, I'm not necessarily sure I see anything there. Um, but you know, a lot going on. You know, we'll be here throughout through it all. Uh, maybe tomorrow Saturday night. You know, everybody's been asking for draft talk. It's just trying to find a way to do it. So maybe we can open up tomorrow. Comment on the interview, obviously, with the uh, 49ers defense coordinator. Get to some draft talk here. Um, but everybody, look. I mean, you're going to watch the games anyway, and obviously the pitter patty patter and not excited about it, not thrilled about it. I get it. I 100% get it in every way. But who are we kidding? We're football fans. This is what we're going to do tomorrow. Pete, what's the latest over at Browns, maybe from everybody you got, you know, from you and the team over there? Uh, I mean, uh, asking the questions, I think, that will come up in the interviews with Mike McCarthy and Greg Roman, uh, you know, uh, Joel Batonio's, uh, all pro stuff. And then, uh, you know, the statement from the Vikings owner, um, which may or may not mean anything in terms of their support for Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, uh, that may, you know, last, uh, four quarters. It may not. Um, and, and we'll see if that changes anything in the whole Stefanski deal. Uh, yeah, certainly going to be interesting in that standpoint. And, you know, and look, as we mentioned, you know, last couple of nights here, we have 14 years invested in Kevin Stepanski. It's going to be time now where it's, you know, it's now or never. You either elevate him or lose him. So it's going to be interesting how that plays out. And, you know, Zimmer is no spring chicken in his own right. And there's also the thought of, you know, maybe Dallas has some interest. So if Minnesota were to move on, it doesn't feel like for them, like they did this grave injustice because there's maybe one more run around the park for Mike Zimmer. Something to certainly watch out for. Um, if you got a Google home for Christmas or any of that stuff, um, ask for Cleveland Browns updates. Um, now through lockdown, I, my schedule's a little bit more flexible here. There's the one minute segments. There's the five minute segments in addition to this. So those are out there. You guys want to check those out. I did a long one today. Uh, you know, obviously on the, uh, you know, the, my, the, the full background, Eric B enemy. Um, obviously I talked about it a little bit. If you guys had read through the orange and Brown report about, you know, Freddie and John and kind of what went on to be the undoing. 
So you're interested, go ahead, check those out. Obviously, it's, it's been received well to this point. So I appreciate you guys from that standpoint. Uh, just doing everything we can here to continue to pump out content, whether it's Pete and his team over at Browns Maven or me here through this avenue, obviously, with Lockdown Browns. Appreciate you guys from that standpoint. Uh, make sure you're following the dude over at Pete Smith underscore. Make sure you're following at Browns Maven. Check everything out through SI.com. Looking at Brown stuff, it's going to go from Pete and his team, kicking ass, taking names. You know, it's it, it. We wanted better for this season, but you know, to be able to just continually work out and put out great content, that's what we want to do. So, I mean, with the scenario where we're at now, it gives us the opportunity to do that. Sure, would we rather be talking about a playoff game this weekend? Absolutely, but you know, you got to play the hand as it's dealt. So, we're going to do that. Uh, the show itself at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs open, as always. Topics, anything you guys got question-wise, stuff you'd like put into the show, I'm all ears. You guys know that, and I do my best to try to get back to each and every one of you. Um, you know, the porn bots, and there's still some of those out there, and whatever. I, I don't need pictures of any nakedness, so stop with that, please. I just don't need it. don't have the time for it. Um, so we're going to put a bow on this one here uh, as we head into wild card weekend. You've got Pete's picks. You've got my picks. Uh, either way, we'll see what the record is here. Um, somebody could be four and oh, somebody could be one and four. We'll see how it all plays out. Um, but look, it's a fun weekend and look, you start to get unabated football. You get two games tomorrow, no competition, two games on Sunday, no competition. That's where we strive to be. Hopefully we'll be there soon. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.